Eller to Colorado, and Jensen gets a new deal. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about Lars Eller as he gets traded to the Colorado Avalanche and what that means for the Caps going forward. Later in the show, we will talk about Nick Jansen as he gets his new deal with the Capitals. And then we will talk about what movement I see going forward between now and the trade deadline on Friday. But just to get it going here, the Capitals do trade Lars Eller to the Colorado Avalanche. The Caps have traded Lars Eller to the Avalanche in exchange for a 2025 second round pick the team announced on Wednesday. And... You know, it was one of the moves that I saw happening for the longest time. Um, I'm kind of surprised that it didn't even happen earlier, to be honest with you. We know that this is the last year uh, of Lars Eller's contract, so it would only stand to reason that they would try to move him before the end of the season. Otherwise, the Capitals would get zero for him uh, if they don't sign him to a new deal. So it is a bit of a tough thing going forward. We know that there were so many key moments uh, with Lars Eller on this team, most notably in the 2018 campaign when the Caps won the Stanley Cup. You know, top of the line things that stand out for me uh, was the OT game winner uh, in the playoffs against the Columbus Blue Jackets and then the game winner in the Stanley Cup. Those are the things that will permanently etch him in the memory of Capitals fans forever. So, you know, whatever happens between now and the end of his career, he will always stand out as one of the best Capitals ever for doing what he did uh, in the 2018 campaign when they won the Stanley Cup. So, you know, just kind of stood out um, and did great things that stand out in Capitals history and uh, just, you know, like I say, permanently endear him to this team and just a really standout guy, a really uh, solid player for the team all around. Eller is the fifth player the Caps have traded away since last Thursday in what's been Washington's biggest sell-off in years. Garnet Hathaway, Dmitry Orloff were traded to Boston, Gustafson, Toronto, and Marcus Johansson to Minnesota, writes NBC Sports Washington. The Caps will retain 31% of Eller's salary in the deal. The 33-year-old is set to be an unrestricted free agent after the 22-23 campaign. So, it is a rent a rental player ostensibly uh, for the Colorado Avalanche, um, because you know I guess it depends on how how he performs. If he just really kills it out there uh, with the Avalanche, then they could you know extend him to a new contract, of course. But as it stands right now, uh, he is a rental for the Avalanche, and you know a really solid option, third line center. Um, again, I went over his stats with the Capitals, uh, despite how he has played this year. I think he's played so, you know, so-so this year, but 
you've seen a bit of a, a decline in his production, but again, we will always remember uh, him and what he did in 2018 and finally got the Capitals over the hump and got them a Stanley Cup. So just a, a kind of a sad day, you know, to a certain extent, as you are starting to see more and more of these players uh, that were so important uh, to that team. The only players left uh, from that era, six members of the Capitals 2018 Stanley Cup winning roster remain in D.C., Alex Ovechkin, Nick Backstrom, John Carlson, TJ Oshie, Evgeny Kuznetsov, and Tom Wilson. Of those players that I listed there, there is uh, probably pretty much no chance that any of them uh, will move on from the Caps. But, um, you know, it is it is a tough thing. And, you know, that is the nucleus, what you're looking at there. Ovi, Backstrom, Carlson, Oshie, uh, Kuzi, and Tom Wilson. Uh, I guess if I could see one of those players moved, if I had to pick one, Dan, which player do you think would move? It could potentially be Kuznetsov. But, um, and, uh, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But as far as Eller is concerned, it is... He was one of the last players left from that 2018 team. Eller 33 has spent the last six plus seasons with the Caps. Arguably his best season came in the 17-18 season where he totaled a career 18 goals and 20 assists, 38 points. The Denmark native recorded 30 plus points in four of his six full seasons with the Caps and is likely would have been five in the 19-20 season, not been cut short uh, because of the pandemic. So what are the Avalanche getting in Lars Eller a really solid center? Um, I don't know exactly where he's going to slot in because as I'm not you know terribly familiar with the Avalanche um, lines out there, but I think that what they are getting is a really solid center uh, for their team. And you know, some people will say, well, why do you think the Caps moved on from him? Why I think that's the case is because what we've heard everywhere, this team wants to get younger, it wants to get faster, and uh, Lars Eller is, you know, getting a little bit older, and it kind of goes against the narrative of what the Capitals want to do in getting younger, but I still think that he can help the Avalanche push on their campaign to make it to the playoffs and potentially a Stanley Cup, Um, so we know that the Capitals are pretty much out of it this season, right, so I think that it would be, you know, it would be of good use for him uh, to help the Colorado Avalanche in their pursuit of winning another Stanley Cup there. Uh, So good for Lars Eller, you know, in a lot of ways for uh, finding a home somewhere else and, you know, potentially uh, helping them out. Uh, Like I talked about, Eller will be most remembered in Washington for his excellent play in the Stanley Cup playoff in 2018. And uh, following Eller's departure, only six members remain like I spoke of there. So it is some kind of tough things going forward for the Capitals. And that was the reluctance, in my opinion, uh, for them wanting to move on from these players is I think they were trying to squeeze that group for all it could, you know, just squeezing that lemon with both hands and trying to get every drop of whatever potential was going to be there in, in hopes of winning another Stanley Cup because we saw the magic with that group. And uh, I was watching the pregame before I was recording this tonight, and they talked about, you know, just the somber uh, feeling amongst Caps fans in that Lars Eller was set to get on the bus and, and go to and go to uh, uh, Honda Center, and he got notified that uh, he was um, going to be traded or he was getting on the bus. I believe it was at the Honda Center, but he was he was preparing to load on there, and uh, he got word. All of a sudden, his phone rang, and he got word that he was being traded. So subsequently, he went back to the hotel and probably was preparing for his uh, flight out to Colorado or wherever they're playing tonight. So 
tough things all around. Lars Eller was talking about how it's tough, you know, that you take a look at Garden Hathaway, you take a look at Dmitry Orloff and all these players and how it's hard to move on because, you know, for us as fans, it's one thing we see them out on the ice, but for these guys to travel and, you know, ostensibly live together, um, you know, for a good chunk of the season, that is, you know, it, it's hard for them because it's almost like roommates and, and friendships and those, you know, relationships that have been there, for, you know, for years, in some cases longer than others. You take a look at how long Dmitry Orloff is here. And, you know, um, Lars Eller fits into that as well. He was a part of, you know, a very special year for the Caps. And, you know, the players that are still there, Ovi and Oshi and Backstrom and Wilson, um, it's tough for those guys to move on from them. And the Capitals have to look forward. That's all they can do is look forward to the future. And that's what it's all about is what is next for the Capitals. All right. So after the break here, we will talk about Nick Jensen's new deal. Yeah, it's not all departures. There have been some players that are going to end up staying here. And that is some welcome news as Nick Jensen, I think, did a really good job on the blue line. And we will talk a bit more about Nick after the break. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download the FanDuel Sports app, America's number one sports book, because no new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000, that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. And guys, even if you're not into betting, you could bet on an upcoming Wizards game. It makes watching the games that much more exciting. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger game payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. NHL deadline is the NHL trade deadline is Friday, March 3rd. Join us live on Locked On NHL YouTube channel from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern as the Locked On NHL hosts break down the biggest deals from across the league. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I've got you covered all day Friday for the trade deadline. It is going to be a fun time of year. I like it so much that I actually uh, even take that time off of work. I've taken it off for like the last 10 years. I'm super into it. So make sure and subscribe on Twitter at LockedOnCaps or at DanCaps218. And make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just search for Locked On Capitals. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In this next segment, we're going to talk about Ryan Jensen and the blue line. As we know that the Capitals were making some moves as they signed Rasmus Sandin, a young defenseman that I think will help come and solidify the blue line for years to come. So who do we have right now? We have John Carlson, Rasmus Sandin, and Nick Jensen sign new deals. So we at least have the building blocks, the framework, if you will, of the Capitals' blue line going forward. And, you know, all things considered, I wasn't too unhappy with the blue line this year. If a lot of those guys came back next year, I would have been fine with it. But ultimately, that's not what's in the cards. As, the, as we find out, this Caps team wants to get a bit younger. 
So Rasmus Sandin fits that bill. Um, and I do think that you will see more youth infusion on this team as well, as we saw the departure of Gustafson out to Toronto and uh, whatever uh, moving pieces remain out there, I guess remains to be seen. We will find out uh, within the coming days here. But the Washington Capitals did re-sign Nick Jensen to a three-year contract extension. Jensen's contract will carry an average annual value of $4.05 million. So not a bad deal for Nick and uh, a pretty good thing for the Capitals. All said and told, the Capitals have signed Nick Jensen to that three-year deal. The new year, the new deal will carry an average value of $4.05 million. Jensen, 32, has recorded a career-high 24 points, two goals, and 22 assists in 62 games this season. His fourth with Washington. He led the Caps in plus-minus, plus 32, and scored a career-high five goals in 72 games last season. So I'm glad that there are some familiar faces that are going to be left on this Caps team, that it's not going to be unrecognizable. So having John Carlson and uh, Nick Jensen out there, those are all positive things. And I, I'm also very excited to see Rasmus Sandin and how he will integrate into this team. He is actively traveling with the team. He is in Anaheim with them right now. He is just having uh, visa issues right now that he's working on uh, resolving. So uh, we look forward to seeing what he has in the tank. And I, uh, I think we can all rest assured that he will do a fine job with the team. Jensen's extension comes on the heels of a busy day for Washington, which with a acquired 22-year-old defenseman Rasmus Sandin from Toronto and ship Marcus Johansson to Minnesota in a pair of trades earlier. It marks the third multi-year extension for the Caps this month after the team locked up forwards Dylan Strom and Sonny Milano to five and three-year deals, respectively, writes The Athletic. Um, so this is like what I'm talking about. We are starting to see the blue line take shape. With the addition of Sandine and the re-signing of Jensen, the Caps 2023-24 blue line is starting to take shape. Sandine, Jensen, and John Carlson are now under contract for next season, while Martin Faravari and Alex Alexiev are restricted free agents. There is still work to be done, obviously, but with three days until the trade deadline now too, there's ample time for GM Brian McClellan to do it. And, you know, one of the things that I heard them talking about is when the Caps got these draft picks, most notably the draft pick that sent Hathaway and Orloff to Boston, they got that first round pick. Everyone thought that they were going to use those draft picks for the future draft, but I don't think that that is ultimately going to be the case. I think that you saw what the Caps have acquired as far as draft picks, and I think they will use that as draft capital to make more acquisitions between now and Friday. So I don't think the Capitals are just going to go all in on the draft coming up here with what they have. I think they're going to use those picks to acquire new players. And we've started to see those trickle in. So quite a bit of movement for the Capitals already, as we saw Hathaway and Orloff and uh, that movement uh, there. And then the, the uh, Rasmus Sandin coming to the team in the new year, uh, new deal for Nick Jensen. So there has been quite 
a bit of activity for the capitals already. And, you know, like I say, the blue line is starting to take shape. And I look forward to seeing what further moves uh, they plan on making here before uh, it's all said and done. Jensen's extension makes sense for both sides. The Caps retain a reliable, consistent, and durable right-hand shot D, who is also a good fit in the room. Meanwhile, Jensen, who will return 33 in September, gets a significant raise over the 2.5 mil he averaged the last four seasons. Jensen and Carlson are now signed through the 25-26 season or two seasons longer than anyone else on the blue line, uh, writes the Athletic. So, I do think that the Caps will be in a good position for at least the next couple of years on on the defense, on the blue line, and then they can kind of assess it after that, you know, see uh, what John Carlson's production is like, see if they want to give him a new deal or if that will be the end of him in Washington. Same goes for Nick Jensen. Just because they're under contract, you know, unless they have a no-trade clause, doesn't mean that they can't move them or trade them to another team. But as it stands right now, I'm happy with the building blocks that the Capitals have amassed so far, um, you know, because there was some uncertainty there when you saw them move on from Orloff and then you heard Gustafson was leaving. You're like, well, who is going to be on the blue line? I hope the Capitals aren't all in on Alexiev and Lucas Johansson. I think that might be a bit disappointing next year. But as it turns out, Brian McClellan knows exactly what he's doing. He's taking that draft capital and acquiring more players. Who is else is going to come to this team and who else is going to depart? I'll talk about that a little bit in the next segment, but exciting days for the Capitals, exciting time uh, in the NHL in general as we are continuing to see big pieces move. We saw Chikrin go out to the Ottawa Senators, that piece that has been kind of in flux for quite some time. Exciting. I'm excited about all this movement, even if it's, you know, not on the Capitals, just to see the chess match that's going on, seeing the teams putting their guns down and saying, this is what we're doing. And I do think the Capitals are going to continue to make more moves. As we know, I think the Caps and even the fans are resigned to the fact right now that this they're not going to make a push this season, but it's all about next year uh, and the years to come. And I think brighter days are ahead for the Capitals. I know a bit somber and sad as we see this nucleus that uh, we've loved for the last several years here slowly t- start to kind of move in their own separate directions. But it's ultimately the change that's needed because the Caps, like again, they took that lemon and they squeezed all the juice they could out of that 2018 roster. And, you know, it's 2023 now. How much longer did we think that was going to work? And I know it's not, you know, exactly the same lineup, but I think that you know what I'm talking about. They tried to get that group of players that we saw on the ice uh, and see, uh, see if they could parlay that magic as much as possible. And one of the things they talked about being on the blue line is that's why Brian McClellan was non-committal, and while John Carlson was the only player that was under contract because it gave Mac that flexibility that if this season went south, which it did, it went poor, that they would have that flexibility to bring in some other players because that was the reluctance ultimately about Dmitry Orloff and giving him that long deal is that if all of a sudden we extended him to that seven-year deal, which is what he sought after, that would give the Capitals even less flexibility if the season went poor. So now the Capitals... Um, are in a good position to make moves because you know they have acquired this draft capital and they're moving players out. Some players are moving in. It's a really good position going forward. But I am ultimately happy that Ryan Jensen, uh, Nick Jensen, excuse me, is on this team and will be for the next couple of years to come. It is 
uh, a positive sign uh, for the Caps as, you know, they need to uh, continue to have uh, consistent players on the blue line and they can't put all their chips in on Alexiev and uh, and Lucas Johansson, hoping that they're going to, to fit the bill. I just don't think that that would be the case. All right, so after the break here, we will talk about, we've seen the moves that have happened so far. What does Brian McClellan and company have? What does he have up his sleeve between now and the end of the trade deadline? I think it's going to be excited, and I'm going to tell you what I think is going to happen. We'll talk about it next. No matter how the last game went, anytime you take the field, you've got a shot at greatness. Give your team the best shot at winning by recruiting more MVPs with Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applicants that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites, Hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners you with every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as a spo- you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, the only way you pay for quality applicants that meet your must-have requirements. One of the things I love about Indeed is that makes hiring all in one place so easy. So you don't have to waste all this time taking in paper applications and having your HR coordinator go through all the process of hiring people. That is why if you're hiring, you need Indeed. Why make your job any harder than it has to be? With Indeed, hiring your next applicant is super easy. So turn to Indeed. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we've seen the moves that have happened. We I've talked about them in this podcast. We see Eller out. We see Orloff and Hathaway out. We see that Marcus Johansson went off to Minnesota. So all these pieces, these uh, pieces that Brian McClellan felt we didn't need anymore or it wasn't part of the narrative of getting younger and faster. Now this is finally the rebuild that we thought was going to not happen for a couple more years is actually happening right now. Is it going to be the major one? I don't, I mean, I don't think there was ever a plan for the Capitals to move on from the nucleus, which is, you know, Ovi and Backstrom and Wilson and, you know, those kind of players. I don't think that was ever in the cards to move on from those players. So the rebuild that we were seeing, I think is the rebuild that was supposed to happen years from now. But like I spoke on this podcast, I believe there was a conversation between Brian McClellan and Alex Ovechkin, and pretty much the conversation went something like, and I think it was mutual, that, you know, I know what we talked about, that there was not going to be any, you know, a tear it down to the studs rebuild while you're here, and that you were going to play on a competitive team. But what is happening out on the ice right now isn't competitive And I think that there was, you know, an agreement by Alex Ovechkin that, you know, maybe change is needed because I wouldn't call this team that's playing right now a competitive team. So I think that, you know, Ovechkin kind of signed off, you know, he needs to get his approval. Uh, He is the captain of your team at the end of the day. And I think that he gave his blessing on what is happening right now because 
I think that if you would have tried to bring back a lot of those players, you would have just kept spinning your wheels year after year after year. Say you gave Garnet Hathaway a new deal. Say you gave Orloff a new deal and Marcus Johansson and Lars Eller. Say you just wanted to keep the band going for as long as you possibly can. You would have continued to see the same result next year. I mean, ultimately for me, this change that's happening right now should have been the change that was happening last year. What you saw last year was a Hail Mary pass. It was a desperation move by Brian McClellan. He wanted to get one more year with the band together and make one last push. And by God, he did. And they did make it to the playoffs. And subsequently, they got eliminated in the first round. Who was surprised? Not I. Probably not you. So. He went all in and he gave himself some flexibility this year. Like I said, that is the only reason that John Carlson was the only blue liner under contract. He kind of, you know, put his finger to the wind and could see that this team was heading south or it was playing poor. So it gave him that flexibility that if his hunch was right and this team didn't live up to expectation, that he had some flexibility to make some moves. And those are the moves that you're seeing right now. Uh, Rasmus Sandin is a younger defenseman. He's going to be 23 years old. That's a young guy. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see the other players that move to this team. Now, I know that when we take a look at Nick Jensen, that kind of fights the narrative a little bit because Jensen is, in fact, 32 years old. John Carlson as well. But I think that it's not going to be all youth, there's going to be some youth and some experience. So you have that experience uh, in John Carlson and Jensen on the blue line. Um, and then you're starting to see that infusion of youth. You're seeing Rasmus Sandin, who is a younger guy. And I think that the acquisitions that you're going to see between now and the end of the trade deadline, we'll just talk about the blue line right now, is more younger players. I don't think that they're going to, um, you know, uh, sign more older defensemen. I think that that would kind of defeat the purpose. If they were going to do that, then they may as well have given, you know, Orloff a new deal. They may has they may uh, as well have given Gustafson a new deal, right? So I do think that, you know, they wanted um, Jensen here for the familiarity aspect and Carlson, same goes for him. But after that, I think it's going to be some new faces. I think that, you know, there's the players that are in Hershey are going to be given their opportunity, you know, next fall to prove that they have a spot on this team. I don't know necessarily if everything is going to be set in stone uh, by the end of the trade deadline. I think that, you know, to a certain extent, you still have Irwin, you have Mikkelrath, I see Alexiev up. I wouldn't be surprised, um, you know, if they didn't find the right match or, you know, maybe they're going to use some of those draft picks at the draft. What a crazy idea, right? And uh, they might kind of just see what they have out on the ice right now considering the fact that we know the Capitals are not going to be contenders this year and see what they have in those players. What better time than now if you know your team is not going to make it to the playoffs and contend for a Stanley Cup to ultimately see for the remainder of this season, what do you have in Alexiev? Is he going to be enough for next season? Is Dylan Mickelrath, is he going to be good enough? A big bruising guy, six foot five, 235 pounds. What's not to like about it? Um, and, and Matt Irwin as well. Um, you know, you can't say enough good things about Irwin. He's a guy that was taken out of the lineup for a long period of time, didn't complain, didn't say anything, inserted back in the lineup, and there was no skip. There was no, um, you know, flaw to his game. There was no hiccup in his giddy-up, if you will. Uh, so, you know, is Irwin someone that you would want to be back to this team? Or, 
you know, we could say, you know, there's going to be the free agency thing in July, July 1st, right? So if they're, the moves aren't um, there right now, they may, you know, revisit this in July, right? Um, so I don't think that necessarily what you're going to see happen between now and Friday is going to be the above all sale. I still think there could be more moves that are going to happen after this season. I would not be surprised, and it was kind of my hunch when they called up Dylan, uh, Mikkelrath that is, is to see what they have in him. Why go out and sign a guy if maybe they have the guy already within the organization? That only makes sense. And then there's also the Lucas Johansson, Alex Alexiev thing. For me, if you're going to make moves, now I've heard talk out there that they might move Connor McMichael um, or Hendricks LaPierre. That is crazy talk as far as I'm concerned. If you are going to go and move some players of potential, and I know this kind of flies in the face of what I've said, but if you're going to move some of the future Capitals players, I would much rather them move on from Alex Alexiev and Lucas Johansson, two players who I always hear it's going to be their year next year. Nope, nope, nope. Next year, it's going to be their year. Nope, forget what I said. The year after that, it never comes to fruition. So, you know, I think that to a certain extent, they've tried to retread that tire for so many years with Alexiev and Johansson that if this is not their year this year, say they give them a shot in the fall, let's just call it a day with them. Um, and, you know, I hear a lot of people saying, well, you know, they just haven't been given their opportunity. That is nonsense. They have been given multiple opportunities over the years. I know Lucas Johansson has, has struggled with injury. Same thing goes with Luca, uh, Alex Alexiev. But at some point, they need to live up to who that person is that everyone said they're going to be, that player that everyone has talked about that they're going to be, or they're going to have to move on. Um, I think it's a little bit different for me with Connor McMichael and Hendricks LaPierre because it's an offensive thing and they've seen flashes of greatness. But what are some of the things that we've seen in Hendricks LaPierre as well is that he has not totally lived up to potential. So, you know, these guys that I revere and a lot of people around the organization revere as, you know, these top tier players. At some point, they are going to need to prove it. Are they going to be, you know, really elite level AHLers? Or do they even have, you know, that threshold, you know, where they can reach it higher so they can play at an NHL level? You see what I'm saying there? Because to a certain extent, you can only keep assessing these players for so long until you just say, all right, I know what I've got. It's not what I'm looking for and try to move in some pieces that will legitimately help this team in the long run. That's what we're talking about here. Building a team that is built for years to come, not this win now mode, not this, uh, uh, this team that's going to be good for this year. And then, well, we're going to have to think about it next year. We want to build a team in Washington that is going to be competitive for years to come. I don't want to keep going through this every year where we're, you know, constantly plugging and playing and, you know, oh, this didn't work, that didn't work, you know, and just constantly never finding that consistency. This team in Washington has, you know, has a hallmark and a pedigree for being competitive and has been for years. The Capitals have been competitive for multiple years. And this is the first time in a long time that that snow globe has been shook up and there's some uncertainty. Let's make sure we do the right things. But if the players that we have down in Hershey are not the right players, 
you know, and that's not up for me to decide. I'm just saying, you know, all these players that they get their opportunity on the team and then it's not good enough. And, you know, people, I know I'm going to hear on Twitter that it's, you know, Peter Laviolette. Before that, it was Barry Trotz. They didn't give them their opportunity. These guys need to make the most of their opportunities or the fan base is going to have to be okay with this team playing poorly. You know, there is a bit of a learning curve. And one of the things I talked about with J.J. Regan about is they, when they came here, they played well, but it wasn't sustainable. They played good for a game or two games or three games, and then they fell off the radar. That is not what you need to be an everyday player in the NHL. If you're going to get a sweater every night before every game, you are going to have to play well every night. There are certain players that get some leeway. Alex Ovechkin, he's going to get some leeway just based on his reputation and his resume. But if you're a young guy, you've got to prove it. Or, like I said, the fan base is going to have to learn to be patient. And it's my feeling that the Washington fan base doesn't have that patience. They don't have the patience to go next year and say, guess what, guys? We got Connor McMichael in there. We got Hendrick Slop here. We got Alexiev, and, and we have a Lucas Johansson. And guess what? This is what you guys all wanted. Surprise, surprise, it's not working, and this team is tanking. If that, in fact, happens, then the Washington fan base is going to have to be, okay, this is what you wanted. You wanted to get younger. You put all your chips in on Lucas Johansson and Alexiev and LaPierre and Connor McMichael, then, then soak in it because this is what you guys wanted, and guess what? The team is tanking. Or are they going to take the, the uh, wise approach here and say, guess what? This isn't working. We've tried to retread this tire for so many years with the players I've rattled off there. It's time to move on from them. I don't know if we're here yet with those players yet. I don't know, but it's coming soon that I'm, I'm tired of hearing these names around the organization that are going to be good someday. At, at some point, these chickens need to come home to roost and they need to be the players that we thought they were going to be. Um, you know, if, if you keep hearing year after year that they're going to be good next year, no, no, the next year they're going to be good. That drives me insane. Uh, so that's what it's going to be. The fan base is going to have to be okay with this team being whatever they are with those guys in the lineup, or they're going to have to move on from some of those players. They just were not the players that we thought they were going to be. You know, and, and that's just the way that it is. And, you know, uh, people say, well, they need their opportunity. Fine. Let's give them their opportunity next year. And it, but, but if they're not what you thought they're going to be, then you're going to have to be okay with this team not playing that well. That's the bottom line. You're not going to be able to have your cake and eat it too. You're not going to be able to have these guys on the team and then just say, well, they're not playing well. Okay. Push them back down to Hershey. No, at some point it's, you know, it's, uh, it's cut bait with these players if they're not living up to their potential. All right. Once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capital. Such, you know, kind of an interesting time, a, a point uh, in a time on this team of indecision and what direction to go in. But I do want to thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen now make your second listen locked on game to game NHL every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game to game covers every game across the NHL with local analysis that only locked on can deliver. Follow game to locked on game to game NHL available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm sorry, guys, I get a little bit worked up on this because I hear from so many different people from so many different sources that they should do this. You know, and if they do this, that's going to happen. And, you know, it's going to be just this magic potion. 
just don't know if it's the case. All right. Once again, I want to thank you. Of course, as always, make sure and follow, subscribe on YouTube. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. Tomorrow's show, I have Matt Wyrick on as we talk about what are the Capitals going to do what moves do I think is gonna are gonna happen? What moves do I think Matt Wyrick, who covers this team, what moves does he think they're going to make? And then we will talk about the moves that have already been made and what that means for this team going forward. It'll be so much fun. So once again, guys, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.